0: Our scripture passage this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 11 through 21. I'm going to try and read it with the uh, same enthusiasm with which Paul wrote it. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And I pray, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Friends, this is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This text uh, has an incredible enthusiasm to it. It's uh, exhausting to read well. These sweeping promises, run-on sentences. When you believed that you were marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance in heaven until we receive it. And whatever the world may bring, It cannot touch our eternity with God. Not sickness or despair or betrayal or death itself. A huge promise. And the author Paul sees the faith of this church in Ephesus and is overwhelmed with gratitude. And that's why he doesn't use periods. And he has not stopped giving thanks for them and remembering them in his prayers always and he wants to give them something, the most valuable thing he has. His treasure above all other treasures. So he prays that God would open the eyes of their hearts and that they would know in the depths of them the hope that comes in Christ, that they would understand the riches we inherit as the people of God and feel the power that exists for us that believe not just any power, but the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him in glory. Paul wants them to know that power, to have that power working in their lives, raising them from death and seating them in glory. These... Incredible heavenly treasures. And incredible is a good word to use. Paul is offering these treasures, praying for the church in Ephesus, praying for us to receive this flood of hope and riches and power, life-changing, heart-restoring, life-bringing, world-shaking, hope and riches and power. And it's not just amazing, it's inspiring, it's incredible. Incredible. Incredible is a word often misused. We use it like it's the same as awesome or inspiring, incredible. But the word incredible is based on credible. And credible means believable. You can trust a credible witness based on their character and their history. You can follow credible instructions. You can believe a credible story happened, more or less, as it's reported. It makes sense. It fits with the background. It's credible. It's believable. Now, incredible is the opposite. It doesn't mean untrue. It doesn't mean a lie. It means difficult to believe. It means worthy of interrogation. When someone tells me an incredible story, I ask things like, and who was there? And what did they say? Can you tell me the story again, but backwards? Are there any witnesses I could follow up with? Incredible warrants interrogation, investigation, suspicion, because it's beyond what's expected. It's more absurd than amazing, more odd, then awesome, it's incredible. And when Paul says, listen here, I'm going to pray for you. And I think that God is going to open the eyes of your heart. And you'll know the hope and the newness of life that he is calling, to you, calling you to. And you'll encounter it and you'll live it. And on top of that, you're going to know the incredible riches, the heavenly riches that are inheritance as God's people right here on earth. You're going to know them. And you'll find them because God is going to give them to you. And you'll know the same power that raised Christ from the dead and placed him in glory, and you're going to experience it and feel it and see it moving in your life and lifting everything that's dead out of the grave and turning it into life again. And we hear that and we think that is incredible. We're suspicious. We wonder with reason because that is beyond what life has led us to expect. It's more absurd than amazing, more odd than awesome. Sure, God can. We believe that, that God can. But the idea that God will, that God will hear my prayer, hear your prayer, and actually swoop down from heaven so we can know the hope and the riches and the power, that's incredible so it's fitting that this passage starts with verse 11 In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will and that line him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will That line can feel like a locked door. Can we believe that? Looking around, looking at the world, can we believe that everything that's happening is in conformity with the purpose of His will? That everything that's happening, everything that's going on, that this is all how God wants it to be? That doesn't feel credible That feels more absurd than amazing, more odd than awesome, more than odd, it can feel offensive to say that everything that has happened, the things that have torn through our lives like hurricanes, the fights that drag on, the injustices, to look at all those and say, well, this is God working out things according to the conformity of His will. For me, that doesn't help. That can hurt To take my grandma Mary, who has Alzheimer's, and the way that her memories have slipped away, the way that she forgets my grandpa passed seven years ago and sits in the lobby of the nursing home, waiting for him to come and pick her up, and to tell me, don't worry, God is keeping his promises, God is going to pour out this flood of heavenly blessings, and you can trust it because, look, this is God's plan for your grandma. That doesn't feel credible. That doesn't feel like a plan. Telling me everything happens for a reason and there is a reason for this happening to your grandma, that doesn't help me have confidence in God's plan. That doesn't help me have confidence that God is going to rain down blessings upon us. For me, that feels like a locked door. But you know... Uh, my grandma Mary wouldn't say that. She wouldn't say that because of this Alzheimer's, she is outside of God's plan. Now, she also wouldn't claim that there is a reason for this Alzheimer's. She wouldn't say that this suffering is part of God's plan. But that's okay, because Scripture doesn't say that either. Scripture doesn't say that God causes everything. It doesn't tell us that everything happens according to God's plan. It tells us that whatever happens in this life, God will work through it to bring good. That whatever happens in this life, God will work out everything in accordance with His plan. things will end according to God's plan. Those are promises. And while my grandma marries Alzheimer's, is a stumbling block for me. While to me it makes it feel less credible that God is working and that God is active, something else has happened for her. Paul prays for the church in Ephesus, that the eyes, the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope to which God has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Over my Grandma Mary's life, growing up through the Great Depression, getting married, her husband deploying in World War II through raising three children, walking with God and seeking God through all of it, Through her husband's heart attacks and the gout, through losing their friends, through my grandpa passing and for the first time in 66 years facing the world alone, through all of that, God has opened the eyes of her heart and she has experienced the power of God in her life. She's been through seasons where she received the riches and the joy and the peace and the wisdom where God has poured out His Spirit, even in broken situations, even in situations that God didn't fix. He stayed with her. God grounded her in hope hope of a life to come, of a reunion with my grandpa, with her parents and siblings who had gone before, hope of renewed bodies and renewed minds. She had seen it. She had felt it. To my Grandma Mary, the promises aren't incredible. The prayer isn't incredible. To her, it's credible because she has seen it she has felt it she has held it her faith doesn't say that God controls everything her life has taught her something else but she believes because she has seen that God will continue working even when life falls apart when the worst happens when things aren't according to God's plan even even when life ends That God will remain faithful. That God will keep working. Because God has opened the eyes of her heart. And it's a strange thing. She can see a thing I struggle to see. She can see these promises in a way I'm still learning to see the promises. And this is a thing we remember on All Saints Day. That we don't walk alone. That we aren't discovering this faith for ourselves. We inherit it. We receive it. We hear the stories and the promises not from people who are speaking optimistically or naively, from people who have lived it, who have held it. That's one of them calling. (laughs) People who have had the eyes of their hearts opened by God, they can see it. Brothers and sisters, we receive the promises from them. Because of them, the promises are credible but on All Saints Day we also remember that in the same way we received the faith from those who have lived it this faith being passed on depends on you it depends on you it depends on us walking with God through the joys and the trials on God opening the eyes of our hearts to see the hope and the riches and the power because we don't just receive the faith we are the All Saints who pass it on we are those who will pass it on. It depends on us. It depends on you. And there is a time coming, and that time might even be now, when someone will be depending on the eyes of your heart. Someone will be depending on you to carry the promises. To speak the hope into their hopelessness. To share with them the riches of God's grace that you have received. To be a vessel for God's power to work, to effect change in their life. As the choir saying, may those who come behind us find us faithful. And may the fire of our devotion light their way. That depends on you. It depends on on us. It's hard to see, isn't it? When the world is so broken, it can be hard to see how God is working, hard to see how God is somehow bringing all things into conformity with His will. I think maybe it's even harder at times when life is good. When life feels right, to look past our contentment, to look past the good things we have, and to wait for the hope of what God is bringing. Uh, This morning I'm going to ask you to to do a thing. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If closing your eyes will lead you to fall asleep, feel free to stand and close your eyes. Uh, And no one will see you because their eyes will be closed. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. When our eyes are open, our brains rely on what we see. There are other things we don't even notice, but with your eyes closed, what do you begin to notice? Do you hear things? The fan on the AC unit? Your breathing? Do you suddenly notice the pew that you're sitting on? The feel of the fabric? There's a word we use today for this. It's very in vogue, mindfulness. Practicing noticing more than what's flashing in front of us, the distractions, but the slowing down, pushing the world back. It's how we open the eyes of our hearts. It's how we let God speak. So I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes closed. Because when we slow down like this, when we push back the world, we realize that we can still hear the voices of the saints who have gone before. Can you hear them? I can hear them. I can still hear Ms. Shroby Stewart, who when a plane she was on was diverted for bad weather, got the entire plane to join her in singing Kumbaya. And I can hear Ms. Blanche Talley, who would always say that's too bad, but life goes on, and it always did. And I can hear Miss Mabel White, who trusted in God even in the worst of times, of which she had a few, and God stayed with her. And I can hear Des Noble, who, in, in the end, unable to speak, made great effort to find ways to say, with his eyes and little gestures, words that we don't say nearly enough. I hear Miss. Essie Glass, who when her granddaughter would sleep over, would shout the Lord's Prayer with her between their bedrooms. And if you listen, she's still shouting. And I can hear Will Bergman inviting us back onto the waters to find God in the stillness and the waves. And I can hear Katie Thebus, who found such joy in the music and the worship and reminds us that these aren't just hymns that God draws near. To, and heaven, heaven is singing with us. I hear Eloise Cordes who would pile her children into the station wagon and drive around looking for a VBS to take them to. I can hear them. Can you hear them? Others. So many others, when we stop and listen, their voices cluttered together proclaiming the goodness of God and the hope we have and the riches of His kingdom and the power of His Spirit. Can you hear them? They are saying that the promises are credible. That they have been through the hard times and the good times and through it all God opened their eyes to see. So now we find ourselves in this sacred chain holding the faith that carried them. The faith that for them has become sight. And so we pray together that God would open the eyes of our hearts to see and that the good and in the bad we would know him more and more. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.